Welcome, welcome back into the Windy City Hoops podcast. I'm your host, Joe Kesnick. want to thank everybody out there for listening and thank you to the great response for our previous episode, my interview with 15-year NBA vet Kendall Gill. We're going to jump right into it today. A ton to talk about in the NBA between Zion, the lottery, Anthony Davis, and the playoffs as well. Great time of year to be a Hoops fan. And I know no bigger Hoops fan than my guest today, he is Chris Rouse, color commentator for the Windy City Bulls on NBC Sports Chicago and host of Students of the Game Thursdays, 7 to 9 p.m. on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. You can follow Chris on Twitter at King Rouse, R-O-U-S-E. And here we go. Chris Rouse, friend of the show. Yes. Thanks for joining the pod today. Appreciate it, Chris. Yeah, no problem. Anytime, man. Anytime. Feel free. So, Chris, one of the voices of the Windy City Bulls on NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah. We're going to talk a little hoops today. So many topics to hit on for the NBA, but obviously the biggest one people have been talking about since last fall is Zion. That leads right in to Tuesday with the draft lottery. Some crazy things happened. With the new changes to the lottery rules, what did you think of how that all played out on Tuesday night? I think the uh, new lottery rules, what they did is they kind of helped the NBA prove that it's it's not rigged because right. I think a lot of people believe that it's rigged ever since New Orleans won back when the NBA owned the uh, New Orleans Hornets at the time. Also, the Bulls automatically getting Derrick Rose when they had the worst opportunity. I like, the dra- I like what they did with the draft lottery, but personally, if I was making the draft lottery, I would say, you know what, what we're going to do, all 14 teams, one ping pong ball. Right. <laughs> Everybody has the same odds. Therefore, it's not. Therefore, you can prove it's not rigged. And it is not. And it also, the NBA is so determined to get rid of this tanking idea. I think if you change it up to maybe my ideology of it, you just everybody gets one ping pong ball. All fourteen teams that don't make the playoffs have the same opportunity, and whoever gets it made the best man, made the best man win. So you want to keep it flat? I feel like they did that. I was hearing about this. I mean, basically, it started back in Olajuwon's days, yeah. where they they could see that the Rockets were clearly tanking <laughs> for a team coming out of Houston, and then so they kind of made it flat for everybody. Yeah. And as they were seeing, you know. You'd have a great team, team that's not kind of borderline playoffs, would end up getting a number one pick. So they started doing the percentages, started kind of broadening those out exactly. to end up being 25% for the worst team. Yeah. And now that's, that wasn't even working out how they wanted it to. They weren't always even getting the number one pick for the worst team. So they keep tweaking it over and over again. But yeah. I loved it. I loved how it played out yeah. on Tuesday because they kind of you know, flattened out, obviously, the first three. Yep. Um, with that 14%, and but then that shook up everything. Exactly. And it shook up all the rest of the percentages to the point where it was just total chaos, which I loved. Yeah. And I think that's how you <laughs> want it to be. I mean, talking about maybe doing a tournament to discourage tanking, but yeah. I think this could do a good job of discouraging tanking. So adjust it a little bit, yeah. and it just kind of creates that chaos. I thought it was awesome theater on it, Tuesday. Yeah, it worked out for him because New Orleans, I, I'd be lying if I sat here and told you, yeah, I thought New Orleans might win the lottery. I'd be lying if I told right, you that. Right, 6%. Yeah, but they, were, they but they weren't the worst. Sacramento had the worst. They only had one. Yeah. New Orleans was right in the middle. So that, right, exactly. that's what you want out of the lottery. You I want, think so, too. You want teams in the middle to kind of have a chance at winning, and that's what they got. But personally, I would be all for it to totally eliminate taking. I think you just need to get rid of the percentages. Just everybody have the same odds, and whoever, whichever ping pong ball comes out, that's, that's who got the pick. So you like the idea of like single elimination tournament to get the eighth spot? I'm like a, a quick, <laughs> nah. you don't like that? No, nah, I don't like that. I don't like the single elimination. I think the playoffs should stay the way it is. If that's what you're, you're talking about, the playoffs or well, the lottery. Keep the playoffs. I would say yeah. keep the playoffs the same. Keep the format the same. Yeah. But you do – Maybe shorten the season a little bit. They're talking about Adam Silver's talking about that. Yeah, shorten that, the season a little bit. Yeah. Then you do a single elimination, maybe a week or two, with the worst teams. 
of like to discourage tanking. So you're, mm. you still want to keep yourself reasonably good so you have a shot at that A spot at the end. That's there's a little bit of buzz so, so that's been happening about that. So essentially, play. You know, I, I like the I like the playoffs the way it is. Uh, the, the way they've been talking about shooting in the NBA season maybe since LeBron went to Miami, right? That, because that's where I first heard that. So that's right. that's been going about seven or eight years. Um, I think it could happen if they shorten it. Probably, probably shorten it to seventy games. Yeah. Take, take off that. Take off April because you don't really need like that last that last air quote month of the season. Right. If you if you had to, but personally, I, I like it the way it is. I'd rather keep it at eighty two and it just keep the playoffs the way they are. I mean, they've already started as far as separating out back to backs yeah. and kind of load management thing happening. I think that's <laughs> what they're trying to discourage is give guys a little more of a break to in order to you don't have that situation where right. a top marquee player is sitting out. Yeah, for LeBron. a certain city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Kawhi, I think, did that too, though. Kawhi did that yeah. on his own, I think, a little bit this year, which you can see that helping him a little bit in the playoffs yeah, right now. Yeah, came off the quad, coming off that quad injury, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, as we were saying, New Orleans ends up getting the number one pick. <laughs> An interesting reaction from Zion. That's been torn <laughs> apart, but he's kind of backtracking on that, saying he likes New Orleans, he's open for New Orleans. But I think he was a little bit disappointed not seeing New York or L.A. come up as number one. I mean, it I think it was more not necessarily the city of New Orleans, but it's totally uncertainty in New Orleans right now with what AD is going to do, whether they're going to trade him, whether he's going to be willing to stay. I think that's what was going through Zion's head when he hears the Pelicans come up number one. Yeah, but I saw some angles where Zion was laughing. Like he was okay. He was like, all right, I can go to New right. Orleans. Maybe he can be the piece that persuades Anthony Davis to stay. I mean, as far yeah. as him staying, New Orleans, they have a lot of repairing to do in that relationship. Yeah. With the way everything ended at the end of the season, of course, the way they kept him down. I mean, well, they kept him out of the lineup for, like, the end of the year because they didn't want to get hurt. Want him to get hurt because he's been injury prone. and They want to try to keep his max value up. But I think there's a possibility that he could stay just because Zion is there. But I've been saying all along, I think he's going to the Lakers regardless. I just think uh, David Griffin, he's going to pull the trigger. I think he's going to pull the trigger on that trade. Because he just saw Dale Demps just got fired because he couldn't get the trade done. So I think there's a real possibility that Anthony Davis could be headed to Los Angeles. It's just a matter of what they'll get back in return for him, especially with uh, Brandon Ingram being out with the blood clot in the right. shoulder. We don't know about that yeah. either. I mean, you look at those two, probably the biggest contenders right now are the Lakers and the Knicks. Mm-hmm. So you like the Lakers package, what the Knicks can put together for AD? Yeah, uh, actually you say Lakers and Knicks. I say Lakers and Celtics. You do? I think the Celtics have better – they have more – to give New Orleans than uh, the Knicks. The Knicks right now, if they traded them, they would literally it'd either be every pick they own or it'd be every a lot of players that really I don't think you would really put up in a trade for Anthony Davis. I've seen deals maybe for guys like Dennis Smith and Damian Dotson. Dennis Smith is pretty good, but Damian Dotson, I mean, that's kind of a back of the back of the rotation player. I don't know if New Orleans would really want him in an Anthony Davis trade. But when we look at Boston, look at the way they can maneuver their trade if you're the Boston Celtics. You can send Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, or you can send Jason Tatum, which is the one piece they absolutely don't want to let go of. But the the thing with Boston is also Jason Tatum may have to be on the table because say you lose Kyrie Irving, then they might have to keep Terry Rozier. So there's a lot with Boston that there's a lot of uncertainty with what's going on with them, but there's also uncertainty with the Lakers. But the Lakers, I feel, have more talent that they can really maneuver and send to New Orleans for Anthony Davis. But it wasn't, it wasn't Davis's dad who said they didn't want to go to Boston. They had yeah. something against Boston. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, that, too, I mean, I think Boston's worried about losing Kyrie. Yeah. So they don't want to put Tatum up. He's got to be the main chip exactly. for that trade. So I don't know. I think Boston's kind of going back and forth on whether they want to do that. What I was looking at with the Knicks is, is Barrett. Mm. The attractiveness okay. of trading AD and getting Barrett back to be able to team them up in New Orleans make it. 
Zion that much more comfortable okay. in New Orleans with those two together mm. is interesting to me. Yeah. And you got Knox. You got a couple guys you can throw in yeah, Kevin with Knox, that yeah. that's, I think, attractive to. I mean, you're the Pelicans. Look, yeah. like, if, <laughs> yeah. if AD's really that adamant on getting out of there. And it's you don't want to drag that out. That's kind of what the Spurs did with Kawhi. Yes, they did. He's dragging it out. And that's one thing I want to get to too is you drag it out to the trade deadline, package is gonna go down. It's exactly. gonna get worse. Like I think that's really the best time is really in that draft area to get the best deal that they're gonna get. Yeah. Obviously you're gonna premium package for a guy like A D, but if you wait till the trade deadline and they know you gotta get he's expressed it, it's been come clear through all the grapevines that he still wants out. The deal's going down for whatever you get for him. Yeah, and and that's one thing I think that hinders Boston is that the best pick they have this year is the 14th pick. Mm-hmm. So it's like New Orleans not really getting too much of anything of value in return if they send them to Boston. Right. And also the reason why I say Boston and New York because I feel like with when you're New Orleans, you don't want to keep them in the conference. You don't right. want to keep them in the conference. So you got to have at least two options in the Eastern Conference, and New York and Boston would be those two options. Also, R.J. Barrett with the Knicks. I mean, I think the Knicks – one thing, one luxury that the Knicks have is that they have the money to get two max free agents if they can't get right. a trade for Anthony Davis. Right. So exactly. they can get Kyrie, they can get Kevin Durant, or if they really, if they really want to try to get like a super team, they could um, trade pretty much the whole roster for Anthony Davis and get a bunch of one-year deals like we've seen with the Lakers. So the Knicks do have wiggle room, but when you look at who they have right now, I would say in the East, Boston has the best opportunity of getting them via trade, but the Lakers, I think, are the favorite. In, yeah. in my opinion, because he wants to go to the Lakers. We know he always It seems that way. Yeah. It seems that way. So luck out with getting the fourth pick. It's exactly. still a legit pick yeah. to package together with the guys they got. So I think they got a great shot at pulling that off also. But Stephen A. is calling 95% <laughs> that Kyrie and KD are going to, New York. to the Knicks. And now he's kind of, I feel like he's backtracked that to just KD yeah. is a sure thing. Now with Kyrie, we don't know what's going to happen with. You feel like it's really going to play out? Those guys are kind of set in stone. You don't think there's any chance that KD stays yeah, with the I, Warriors. I actually do. I have an interesting theory on that. It's, I think it's interesting. I think uh, if the Warriors win the chi- win the championship, I think he's gone. If they lose, I think he stays. Yeah. And I just think if they lose, it he'll probably look at it like, hey, I was hurt. I don't want to go out like that. So let's try again right. next year. But if they win it, I think he's as good as gone. I don't think he wants to stay there anymore. I think he feels like he's proven what he needs to prove and go to state. He's won a championship. I personally think he's the best player in the league right now. Yeah, I agree. And I think if he goes to the Knicks – he feels, you know what, I can make something out of this team. And, but he also knows he has to get somebody with him. And Kyrie, I think he's as good as gone from Boston. I think he is going to the Knicks. But there is some doubt. There is some doubt. But, it's, but the question is, he leaves Boston. Where else does he go other than the Knicks? I, I don't think he wants to go to the Lakers No, LeBron again. I don't know. It's, it's a possibility. But I, they're friends. Obviously, it seems like KD and him are friends. It makes sense. I think their games would work together. I think KD... Still wants to prove they can do it on his own, mm-hmm. not joining a super team that's already built. Yeah. It's crazy. I think this injury is going to play a, a huge factor in it. If yeah. they, I mean, there's a chance he doesn't come back still. I think they're going to ride it out. I don't think we know the severity of this injury at this point. They've been pretty hush-hush yeah. about it. So I just, they go, not, I just know he's not playing game two that much. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's kind of up in the air yeah. at this point. So, I mean, if they win a title without him, if it goes on and he, he wants doesn't want to risk his free agency – by coming back too early from this injury, yeah. and he's already got a couple of rings. Who knows? Then I think that plays a big factor on whether he decides to take off or not. And also, I think the fact that he turned down a lot of money to go to Golden State yeah. would, is going to play a factor in this as well. I think he's thinking, you know what? I just want to get paid now. I mean, right. I've got my rings. 
I got a chance to go to New York and build my legacy more. I could probably get paid the most money in New York. I think I think it's I'm, I'm kind of with Stephen A on that. Maybe 95 percent that he's going to the New York Knicks. Kyrie Irving, I I, I was almost maybe 99.9 percent sure he was going to the Knicks. But now I'm hearing rumors that maybe maybe he doesn't want to go to the Knicks. Maybe maybe he might want to come back to Boston, depending on what what they do in free agency if they can swing the Anthony Davis move. So who really knows with Kyrie? But if I had to make a bold prediction, I would say Kevin Durant and Kyrie will both be with the Knicks. I was I'm just heartbroken that they didn't get Zion. I thought that would have been a nice team with uh, Kyrie, Kevin Durant, uh, Zion. Yeah, that yeah. would have been sick <laughs> if that happened. I mean, as much as there's still yeah. kind of that yeah. Knicks Bulls rivalry yeah. from Chicagoans, I, yeah. I want to see the Knicks back somewhat relevant. Yeah, the, the league the league needs the Knicks, right? Yeah. Like they need the Knicks to be good right now because that that's a big market that's been bad for almost maybe 15 years. Yeah, a couple ups yeah, like yeah. With, with Oakley no, and, with and no Ewing, one. but like mostly it's just been mediocrity. Yeah, it's been since since the two thousands. I think the one year they were good was when Melo had them in right. the playoffs and they lost to Indiana in the second round of the playoffs. You had the but lockout year yeah, with Larry yeah, Johnson exactly. where they made it, but it's just been yeah. uh, got to be better than what's been yeah. for the Knicks. James Dolan right. got to step up. The the ill fated uh, Phil Jackson hire. They, 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 right. Yeah, they they just want to get it together. It's been know. one misstep after the other. I get the frustrations. We're getting our own frustrations here in Chicago oh, yeah. with how the Bulls are being operated. <laughs> oh, but I'm not crying too much for them because they got a shot. They got some cat space. They've yeah. managed that to be able to potentially get two big-time players. Yeah, and you know what? It could be possible they could get Zion. I mean, yeah. I, if New Orleans is willing to trade them, I don't know. I, I think they're gonna, I, their ears I, are I open. I doubt it, but I doubt it. But it, it's possible. Yeah, <laughs> that's still a possibility. Well, yeah, I think it's more likely AD yeah. than Zion if they're making a deal with New Orleans. 1% possible, I would but think. possible. <laughs> but speaking of bad management, the uh, Lakers yeah. right now, what are we thinking about? I mean, there is that possibility of them still making a deal for AD, uh, pulling it out of nowhere, uh, yeah. getting this fourth pick, which they had almost zero chance of getting, a low chance of getting in the top four. They pull it off, and they are back in the mix for this trade. But what do you think about their move for Vogel and Kidd? I mean, that was just a disaster to me as far as you're basically setting him up for failure, Vogel. with You bring in a guy who's being considered for a head coaching job, mm-hmm. Kidd, already putting him as a lead assistant where you think he's going to be pushing Vogel out soon after. I mean, what is the decision there? I don't get it. I don't know what they're doing with the uh, coaching. <laughs> I really don't know what they're doing as yeah. far as hiring a head coach. I feel like if they wanted Jason Kidd, why not just hire Jason Kidd? Exactly. Like, why set Frank Vogel up for the light? I heard the report they wanted Kurt Rambis and Jason Kidd to be on Tyron Lue's staff. I was like, why not just yeah. hire those guys then? I feel like they should have got Tyron Lue because at least make him an assistant, but he would be pretty much an assistant for LeBron. Just well, I think he didn't want him. That's the whole thing. Yeah. They, he, they had him if yeah. they gave him a five-year deal, which is a standard deal yeah. for a coach right now. Beeline gets a five-year deal exactly. from the Cavs. And that's why he was upset. Yeah, and they throw him a three-year deal when he's already got a ring, like, and he's already got that bond with LeBron. you got to – I mean, you're the Lakers. Uh, same thing with the Bulls. So open up the wallet yeah. and do what you got to do to get the guy that's going to align. I mean, obviously, I think Kid and LeBron are friends too, but – like you're saying, they don't bring Kid in for the head job. They bring in Vogel, yeah. who's just being set up to fail, it seems like to me. I think, you know what, but I think Frank Vogel is actually, actually a good coach. I do, too. I think he did a good job in Indiana. I, mean, I do, too. Orlando, it didn't work out. I think they kind of pushed him out the door a little too quick because that same Orlando team he's had was in the playoffs this year. Yeah. So I think maybe they give him another year. They probably make it with Frank Vogel as the head coach. But what's going on with the Lakers right now is this is just a total state of confusion because when they hired Magic, I, honestly, I right. think I think Magic thought he was going to influence his way through that job. 
I think what do you mean? I think he thought because hey, I'm Magic Johnson, I'm a Laker legend, I got all these people I can mentor and everybody's looking up to me. I could get him, hey man, you could you should come to the Lakers. But unfortunately for him, that's tampering. Right. You can't you, you can't, can't tamper through Twitter. You, exactly, you can't do that. That's and it's tampering. all about the respect you have around the league. <laughs> yeah. of really showing the work that you're putting in to be able to deal with teams yeah. and be able to make the right moves. That way, it's not just about what the Lakers fans think of you. It's about what the whole league thinks exactly. of you. And when you think about when he resigned his position, think about the things he said. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of guys that want me to be their mentor, and I couldn't mentor him because, you know, that would be tampering. And I think he right. thought he was going to influence his way through that job. Uh, now, Rob Polinka is uh, – Rob Polinka has the uh, basketball operations job. Right. And on my show, Students of the Game, I've said, you know what, I think Rob Polinka could work mainly because he's been a manager. He's been a manager for players. So he can he can talk players. He can persuade them, say, hey, this is a good look for you. You should come to the Lakers. You should do this. You should do that. I know my co-host Joseph Gregory, he questioned me. He said, well, he did that on behalf of the players. Can he do that on behalf of the teams? And I'm like, yeah, I think he can because he has more of a, a mind for what the player wants. So yeah. he can say, okay, if you, the player, this is what we can do for you. But then he he can put a spin on it to say, yeah, well, we need you to do this. We, want, we can do this for you as a player, but we need this out of you. From the franchise, you, he has a way of being able to talk on both sides of the ledger that I think yeah. can influence certain players to come to the team. I think I think it could work for him uh, as far as being the uh, VP with the uh, Lakers. Yeah, having that aging experience, I think, yeah. will help. But it's, it goes back to the whole myth of Jordan mm-hmm. with Charlotte. They just thought all these free agents were to come to Charlotte because it was Michael Jordan. Exactly. And just you had that name at the top. That you're just going to draw everybody in. It's just not the case. Exactly. And that's, I think that's what they figure with Magic. When you've already yep. seen it not work yeah. <laughs> in Charlotte already over and over again. And uh, so it's just kind of a myth that yeah. <laughs> Magic kind of let them off the hook. They probably needed to fire Magic anyway, but they weren't going to do it because yeah. he's such a legend with that franchise. But he's out, so I think they'd kind of reset from that. Yeah, and not to mention, they've had protests outside of Staples Center. Right. And, and right. you know what? What's going on with the Lakers, why this is so crazy, this is the longest the Lakers have been bad. Like they, the Lakers have been around yeah. since 1949. This is, this is the most they've missed the playoffs. Six straight years yeah. of missing the playoffs. They've only missed it like five years in from 1949 to 2003. They've missed it five times. They missed it six straight years. As we yeah. talk about this on this podcast, so I think Lakers fans are going through it. The, the front, Lakers front office, they're finally getting a taste of like what some of these teams that have been bad for long periods of time right. have had. It's finally like you see how it's trying to. It's like man, I don't know if I could be a Lakers fan anymore. I might turn turn in my purple and gold. It's like nah. You're right. just going through a growing pain. That's all it is. With yeah, the <laughs> when you're having yeah, protests after six pain. years, you can see where yeah, that franchise exactly. has been, where they're already drawing the ire of the fans big time with, uh, 15, with six years out. There's right. been teams that have more, quite more than that. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have had their struggles. The Bucks are finally yeah. rising yeah. up. But speaking of teams having their struggles, our Chicago Bulls, Yeah, we were hoping for Zion yeah, to man. try to tank for Zion. <laughs> Was the tank job really executed in the proper way? They ended up with the fourth highest odds to get that number one pick. They end up dropping back down to seven. What do you see the Bulls can do? I was taking a look at it. You know, you see the Memphis Grizzlies moving up to number two. Mm-hmm. They might take John Morant. But then they maybe look to move on from Conley. Could the Bulls put together some kind of package for Mike Conley to take the next step up? He's making a good bit of coin after that new contract. But could the Bulls package something like that with the seven pick to get a player like that? You hear Paxson talking right now about wanting to bring some veteran presence in. Yeah, Mike Mike Conley, he's one of those options that looks good on paper. Right. Look at his numbers. That was last season was his best season, twenty one a game. Yeah. Uh six assists, three rebounds. But Mike Conley's thirty one years old. And on top of that, he's he's due like thirty two and a half million next season. Right. He's due thirty four and a half the season after that. It's and a big contract. Yeah, it's a big contract, which is something that I don't think the Bulls can really afford because 
Otto Porter is currently on the books right. with 27 mil and 28 the following season. So Mike Conley, he looks good on paper, but I just don't I just don't think that that's the move for the Bulls because I don't think they can afford it. He would be good to have on the team. I think he's probably been one of the more underrated players probably the last five years right. in the NBA. But with that number seven, I don't think they can really make a move for him just because of his how big his contract is. Also, he's on the wrong side of 30, so to speak. But I have been seeing this rumor about the Bulls possibly getting Lonzo Ball. Lonzo? Yeah, Lonzo Ball. I'm, I'm so anti-Lonzo. You know, <laughs> How do you feel about Lonzo? Lonzo, you know what? I think he would be a perfect fit with the Bulls, actually, because what the Bulls need is they need a, a guy that can score, but when he doesn't have it, he has to give the ball up. He can't. You can't have a player like, no, no offense, but you can't have Chris Dunn, essentially. Right. Chris Dunn averages a lot of assists, but he takes a lot of questionable shots as I well. you got to move on from yeah, Dunn. Yeah, you got to. That's why I look at Conley. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you look at Conley, but I think Lonzo on the floor would be a better fit because he can rebound. He's 6'7". He's, he can get assists. He's not necessarily the best shooter, so he's not, he's not just jacking up shots is what I'm trying to say. It's yeah. Lonzo. He would be a good fit for somebody to distribute to Lowry Markin and to Zach Levine, maybe Wendell Carter if the Bulls can find a way to get him to work on his offense this next season. I think he's more of a true point guard, but as it sits right now, I think the Bulls' best option would be to draft somebody, probably Kobe White out of North Carolina or uh, Darius Garland out of um, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, but he's yeah. coming off a meniscus tear, right. which I think actually helps the Bulls make a trade to the Lakers for Lonzo because Darius Garland is a more of a scorer. He's more of a shooter. He's a guy that you could put around LeBron. That's what LeBron needs. He needs guys that can shoot the ball around him. If the Bulls and Lakers could work some deal out where, hey, the Lakers take Garland and the Bulls take whoever at number seven, they could probably work out a trade so the Bulls can get Lonzo. I, f- I hear Garland moving up. I hear yeah. Lakers might even take him straight away yeah. at the fourth pick. So I wonder how they can move that. The seventh pick, I definitely wouldn't think you could trade that straight for Conley. I mean, yeah. you maybe include somebody like Levine in on that deal to move some contract out mm-hmm. of the way. What do you think they move for a guy like Lonzo? It would, it would be number seven in Chris Dunn for Lonzo. You think they would, they would go for that? The Lakers would go for that? Yeah, the Lakers, I think the Lakers would, yeah, because that's two first-round picks. Yeah. That's two first-round picks, right? You're picking fourth and you're picking seventh. If you're the Bulls, you get Lonzo and you get Chris Dunn off the books. You move Chris Dunn without having to have any dead cap. It's an interesting deal, yeah. for sure. <laughs> so we can jump off the teams that are, <laughs> that are trying to rebuild, <laughs> trying to find something. Talk about the teams that are still relevant Wait, uh, real right quick, now. Real yeah. quick, one thing about the Bulls in the draft, though, the wild cards ahead of them are Cleveland and Phoenix. Right. Both of those teams also need guards. So the Bulls really, really going to have to do some scouting if they, they want to make this number seven pick. They got work to do. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like once that four spot hits, you got RJ, you got Ja, you got Zion, top three. Once that four spot hits, there's going to be a lot of craziness going mm-hmm. on after that. And, yeah, we'll see where if R.J. falls. We'll see how it all goes with the workouts. But yeah. there's always some changes that happen. Jared, Jared Culver's another guy that could possibly fall, but he's yeah. more of a wing player. So we'll see how that works out. In the top ten again, at yeah. least. They got some maneuvering <laughs> yeah. they can do with that top ten again. The Bulls can. But moving on to who's still playing yeah. at the moment. <laughs> final four. <laughs> gotten very interesting in the final four. Again, as we were talking about before with KD going out. So series just getting started. It's just been interesting to me to see the old Splash Brothers come mm-hmm. back and to see the movement that you would think. I mean, I think early in KD's time with the Warriors, you saw that movement still. You saw that ball movement. And now you had Draymond saying that KD is so amazing. We're talking about probably the best player in the world right now. Yeah. But even the Warriors have tended to ball stop with him and, and rely on him to go get us a shot when we're in trouble. And the, the ball movement has stopped a little bit with how good KD's been playing. Do you see that movement happening a little bit more with the Warriors right now? 
Do you think that would continue with KD coming back? Have you been interested in seeing how that's played out with him out? Yeah, I think what's happening with the Warriors with Kevin Durant out is Stephen, Stephen Curry is realizing, hey, sink or swim. It's sink or swim with me right. now. Yeah. And, and throughout this playoffs, prior to Kevin Durant going down, I haven't really seen a great complete game from Stephen Curry in this playoffs. I thought game one of the Western Conference Finals was the most complete game he's had so far in these playoffs. And then, of course, he had the big uh, closeout of the, of the Rockets in game six of the semifinals. As far as the ball movement, I think the reason why – I feel like it's gotten better for the Warriors just because they don't they, they realize, you know what, we don't have O-Reliable. We're going to have to work for our shots in this series against the Portland Trailblazers, who I think are running out of time to make right. this even a series. They have to win at least one of these games with Kevin Durant out because I, I seriously don't think he's going to sit out the whole series just because he's hurt. I think if he's sitting out, he's sitting out just because he's actually injured, probably can't go. He'll probably try to give it a go in the pregame, and they – and they say, okay, it doesn't look good. We have to keep him out today. But, I mean, you don't want Kevin Durant coming into the finals cold if you go to State Warriors. You don't want right. him sitting out that long, having not played for almost, what, two or three weeks by the time the finals have started. You want him back and ready to go. So as, I feel like as soon as he's healthy, he'll be right back on the floor. Portland, if they really want to have a chance at even making this a series, need to, to get one of these games with Kevin Durant out. It's, it's that simple. Yeah, I mean, I wonder what's happening behind the scenes. I'm looking at ESPN.com right now. A couple hours ago, Ramona Shelburne reporting that KD's not close to returning to action right now. They're still evaluating. They're going to evaluate him. But I wonder what's happening behind the scenes. Of Again, whether yeah. KD's evaluating how he wants to look at this and really be careful with this injury right. going into free agency. He's had injuries in the past. You want to tear something further right. going into a free agent year. So I'm interested in how this plays out, whether they really – sit back and, and play this thing out into the finals. I hear what you're saying about not wanting him to go cold, yeah. but I think they have an advantage over either team. Yeah. Uh, a strong advantage, especially with KD coming back healthy, strong advantage over the Bucks or Toronto going into that series. So maybe he takes a little, couple games to come back, but I think they got this, honestly, against Portland without him. I actually disagree uh, with, with, with the comment on the Bucks and the Raptors. Uh, I think those are the two teams that played them the toughest in the regular season, specifically yeah. Toronto. Toronto actually swept them in two games with Kevin Durant. Yeah. One of those games quiet didn't even play. And they still they actually that was the one they beat him worse. They beat him they blew him out in Oracle with Kevin Durant without Kawhi. Milwaukee, I mean, they're they're just on a roll right now. They've won five straight uh, as we as we speak now winning game one of the Eastern Conference finals. I think Golden State, they're gonna need Kevin Durant. They're gonna need oh, Kevin Durant to win a championship. And uh you really don't want like I said, you really don't want him going cold into the finals because Milwaukee and Toronto, those seem like two teams that are, they'll be re- they'll be ready to feast on them. They'll be ready to feast on that Warriors team if they don't have Kevin Durant. They're tough. I definitely don't think, even with yeah. KD back, that it'll be easy with either one of those teams. I think they're playing strong. Toronto, I have still some doubts about. They barely escaped that series with the Sixers. I'm a little down on the Sixers. I think they've Kawhi's been incredible. Yeah. Kawhi's been amazing. Like He's been a revelation for them as far as carrying them through, really making them a legit playoff team. Right. Lowry, I feel like, is still up and down. You don't know what you're getting with him. Siakam. Yeah is a lot of those guys, they're not ready for quite this stage, I I don't think. And that's what's really interesting about these two teams, about Milwaukee and Toronto playing each other. There's a lot of guys that don't have that conference championship experience, but they're both going against each other. So who can really step up? If you're going to pick right now, if you you want (laughs) want to start a team with Kawhi or the Greek Freak, who are you picking? Well, right at this moment, I would pick Giannis because the team that's – the best team in the league was built around Giannis. Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard was traded into that situation. Right. That Raptors team had already had most of those pieces in place. They didn't build that team around him. They, they were already set and traded for him. 
and brought him in to yeah. a pretty much already ready-made system. Much the same with San Antonio. I don't think that team was already built around him. He, once again, was drafted into, into a ready-made system. Yeah. Meanwhile, Milwaukee, that's been built around Giannis. Like, I mean, they, they, they shifted guys like Michael Carter-Williams, Jabari Parker out, brought in pieces like Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, who I, I really love how he's reinvented his game to be a three-point shooter. Chris yeah. Middleton, who they traded, got him from uh, – traded for from Detroit. He's become an all-star with Giannis. And also on top of that, I feel Giannis actually makes teammates better, his teammates better, just by his sheer presence on the floor. I can't say the same about Kawhi Leonard because I've seen Kyle Lowry shoot 0 for 7 in the playoff game. Right. I've seen Pascal Siakam have some good games, but he still has some games where he's up and down. I've seen Danny Green shoot 3 for 12 on some nights with Kawhi on the team. Kawhi is here's, – here's the way I would say it. I would want Giannis's athleticism with Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard's skill set. I agree with that. But yeah. But as if I had to take the players as they are, I'm give me Giannis. I mean, that's that Milwaukee team is built around Giannis. Because the skill set just keeps growing yeah. with Giannis <laughs> year after year. It's been yeah. unbelievable. And they they move him to more of a point guard position. He's distributing the ball. Yeah, yeah the distribution's not there the same exactly with Kawhi as it is with Giannis. Yeah, and, but but with Kawhi well, I would I would prefer Kawhi's skill set. Giannis's athleticism with Kawhi's skill set and his mentality. Kawhi plays hard on both ends of the floor. He can post up, he can take you to the basket, he can step out. Both of them are not – they're not great shooters, but Kawhi's right. a more passable shooter than Giannis is. I would yeah. rather have that because that's how the league is played. Now, you have to be able to shoot from the outside because teams – you can sort of let Giannis shoot, and he'll, he'll miss maybe 0 for 5, but he has yeah. had some games in his playoffs where he's come through from downtown. But I just feel like out of the two players, the way they are now, give me Giannis. I'm building around Giannis, but if I can make the perfect player, give me Giannis's athleticism and his build with Kawhi's skill set – and his mentality. Yeah, I agree. The skills are already established there with Kawhi, the defense. Yeah. It's there. You can see that. I mean, I, I just think Giannis has grown. Year yeah. after year. He's he developing it year after year, and the, the sky is, is still up there with him. I think Kawhi kind of is what he is, and that's what I was interested to see, too, is was it really a system thing with San Antonio? Was it being led by Pop, Pop there? So, but he's shown that he's, he can prove oh, himself yeah. and, and lead the team away from San Antonio, exactly. which is pretty impressive, too. So... You're predicting who in the finals right now? Oh, man, I've been seeing go to state since Toronto. Go to state Toronto since January. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sticking. Go to state Toronto. Go to state Toronto. I'm, I'm sticking with that until I can't stick with that anymore. Uh, I think Tor- Toronto lost game one. But you know what? I, some people going to call me crazy, but I think that loss actually helped Toronto. A little bit. I think yeah, they played them. well. Yeah, I, I think it On the, the road. I think losing game one helped Toronto because prior to losing game one, every game they had had a lead, a big lead in, they'd won. That's the right. first game that made them realize, you know what? We need to play full 48. Yeah. We can't just let teams off. I think the biggest lead they had that in a game that got close was like 17 against Orlando. And Orlando cut it down to like three. But Toronto still won because the league was 17 with like 10 minutes left in the game. Yeah. But Toronto has had lapses in games like, games like that where they'll let teams come back in. But it's too late. The lead is so big that it doesn't matter. I think that's, that's a game. That game when lost in Milwaukee woke them up. I also think game they forced – Milwaukee to show their arsenal in game one. Milwaukee had to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, the kitchen sink at Toronto in order to win game one because they were down like 13 points. Right. And so now Toronto has time going into game two to say, okay, they got Brooke Lopez to shoot. We can shut that down. I don't think Milwaukee has anything stashed away that they haven't used yet with the exception of maybe Chris Middleton hitting shots because he didn't shoot the ball too well in game one. Or maybe DJ Wilson because he hasn't been playing too much Right. In the playoffs, but he had a decent regular season for the Bucks. I think Toronto losing game one that should that should wake them up. 
That, that's well, I'm interested about. to see if Giannis can have a true Giannis game against them. Yeah. If the defense is good enough with Toronto to shut him down and, and stay in that mid-20s range or if he's going to have a breakout 40-point game. I think that's another level Milwaukee can go to. Lopez, I don't know if he's going to shoot threes like that the whole yeah, series. I doubt we'll it. See. I doubt it. <laughs> I, it was a great game, great game one, but I could see the, this going seven for sure. Uh, I said Toronto. I got Toronto in six. In six. I, I got Toronto, Toronto still. Toronto in game six. one, you're still going six. Toronto in six. I, just, okay. I think the fact that they lost game one was like, okay, well, one, it wakes us up. Two, yeah. they weren't expected to win that game anyway, right. honestly, because Milwaukee, when you're the team with the home court advantage, you're expected to take game one. So, Toronto should don't get me wrong. Toronto should have won. They were yeah. winning the whole game. Kyle Lowry had probably the best playoff game I've ever seen him have, right. and they let it slip. But Milwaukee, when you you have home court, you're expected to win game one. The goal for Toronto is to get out of Milwaukee with a split, and of course, best case scenario, two zero. Now the pressure, I would say the pressure has shifted to Toronto for game two. They must win game two. Game one wasn't a must win. Game right. two now is a must win. You don't want to go home down 0-2. But even still, if you go home down 0-2, you're going home. You're going home, right. and Toronto has been a very good home team in this playoffs. They only got one loss, and that was on like a late three from uh, Jimmy Butler in the Philly series. Mm-hmm. So, or actually, excuse me, two two games because they lost to um, Orlando in game one. Right, they did. So that first game, yeah. <laughs> so Toronto, I think, I think they'll be okay going home. I think they're gonna they're gonna figure it out. And on top of that, they've seen the biggest nightmare on their defense: Mark Gasol having to guard a perimeter big. Now they have time to tinker with the rotation. I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see guys like Serge Ibaka, even if they go deep into the bench, maybe Eric Moreland, Chris Boucher. You start to see some of those guys just play situational defense. So Brooke Lopez isn't out here shooting. What what did he shoot, like six for nine from three or something? Right. Something crazy like that. I don't know if that's happening again. (laughs) Yeah, the chances of that happening again, him exceeding exceeding that or matching it are very low. Right. But just in case... They at least know, okay, we need to worry about this. He's spreading the floor at least for them, exactly. which is interesting. Exactly. So what do you see for the finals? Toronto, Warriors, what do you see number of games Warriors for the six. finals? Warriors and six. Warriors and six, uh, health permitting, if Kevin Durant okay. comes back. Right, we're assuming Durant comes back. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. I'm going Warriors-Bucks in the finals. <laughs> I would say the same. I would maybe even go Warriors in five wow, if, over if the Durant Bucks. comes back over the Bucks. Ooh, I would. Okay. I, as, as great as Giannis is, as great as they've played throughout the year, I don't think they're quite – you got to take steps in the playoffs. Go up against the OGs. You got to take your steps <laughs> against them and, and prove yourself. So I don't know if they're ready to quite what, take down the Warriors. What about DeMarcus Cousins? You think he have a chance of coming back? I, I think there's I, a chance. Yeah, it's a chance. So. I, I don't. I don't love it. I said that when he went out that I thought things would open up more for the Warriors. They would look more like the Warriors with him out. I think he clogs up a lane a little bit for yeah. them. I don't think he quite fits with what they do. It's, I like Boogie. I like his game, yeah, I do but I don't think he quite fit with what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I think I think he could fit just because he's a talent. I mean, he's, yeah. a, he's a big man talent, but yeah, as far as fit, we didn't really get to see too much of him. But when we did see all of them together, I saw them like blow the Clippers out the first game he was there. So so he okay. has, has they have had some games with him, and I was like, okay, yeah, this team is going to be tough. But without him, I think if it is to be Milwaukee, I think I still say Warriors in six. I think both both teams in the East are pretty good. I think they could at least get one or two against the Warriors if they get to the finals. But Warriors Raptors, that's my pick. It'll be interesting. I'm still going five games. I don't think it'll be five easy games. <laughs> it'll be five tough games. Five two point wins. Yeah, right. Exactly. It'll be close. We'll see how it plays out. Chris Rouse. NBC Sports Chicago yes, and sir. students of the game on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. Check him out there. Chris, thanks a lot. Yeah, no problem. Big thanks to Chris Rouse for joining us today. Since we talked, Warriors went up 2-0 on the Blazers without KD. We'll see if the Bucks can do the same over Toronto tonight. Again, you can follow Chris at King Rouse 
R-O-U-S-E on Twitter, or check him out Thursdays, 7 to 9 p.m. on Chicagoland Sports Radio. If you're looking for new episodes of the WCHP, you can follow me at Jay Kesnick, J-K-E-S-N-I-K, on Twitter. We'll be posting episodes all the way through the summer, 12 months a year, for hoops here on the WCHP. So be on the lookout for those. Until then, as always, go Bulls!